The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 303 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from medical practice. Our topic today is who cares for children living with autism? Autism is usually recognized in early childhood and lasts throughout the individual's lifetime. Autism has no known cause or cure. The treatments help, especially if these are started early. Autism in its manifestations varies considerably from one child to another, so it's often referred to as autistic spectrum disorder. Now, autism or an autistic spectrum disorder of any type typically causes problems with communications, such as difficulties talking with others, problems with social interaction, such as not looking in the eye of someone who's trying to talk with the individual, Problems with repetitive behaviors, such as spending lots of time putting things in order and saying the same sentence again and again. Autistic spectrum disorder includes Asperger's syndrome, in which the individual seems obsessed with a particular subject and may become an expert in it, but nevertheless continues to have problems associated with autism. Autism or an autistic spectrum disorder is a continuing challenge for family caregivers, which is why our topic, who cares for children living with autism, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Bob Lebo. Bob holds the MBA and BCom degrees. She describes herself as the Chief Encouragement Officer of Lebo Media Services, which she's owned and operated for 25 years. Lebo Media Services is a strategic marketing and advertising sales consulting consulting agency specializing in reaching hard-to-reach professionals such as doctors, lawyers, dentists, accountants, and veterinarians in Canada and the U.S., Barb is 53, her daughter is 14, her son is 13, and her son, Braden, who lives with autism, is 8. A dynamic public speaker and presenter, Barb leads life-transforming workshops such as I'm Ready to Be Happier Now, One Mom's Journey with Autism, from Before the Diagnosis, Through School and Beyond. 
Like our other workshops, it explains how our attitudes affect our behaviors, contribute to our fears, move us forward or hold us back, influence what we can and cannot control, and impact our families and lives, and also can free us from feelings of resentment and regret. So welcome to the show, Bob. Hello. Thanks for having me back, Dr. Ashley. You're very welcome. Now, Bob, please tell us more about your career and your experience with family caregiving generally. Bob? Well, I've been very fortunate to have a, a very successful career. I get to work from home, which is wonderful. And my career, we specialize in reaching healthcare professionals, um, working closely with the Canadian Nurses Association. And so I feel fortunate in dealing with autism that a lot of my professional background is in the medical field, I guess. Um, in terms of experience with family caregiving, you know, all generally, I think that as a mom, <laughs> you know, I have, I work full time. I mean, I've, I, there's lots of moms out there that are working. So I run a full time business, but I do it part time. I have three kids. I'm a mom. I run our household and our family, which is a full time job. And I do that part time. And now you throw autism into the mix. And that also is a full-time job, which has to be done part-time. So it's been quite a, quite a journey, I'll tell you. Right. Now, Bob, please tell us more about your experience as a mom, a mother who is family caregiver for her child who lives with autism. Bob? I think that um, it's interesting, you know, when we hook in you know, the business model and, and the mom model, because um, at the very beginning, when we found out I went through now what I see was a free fall stage. You know, I, I think in retrospect, I, I might even have been clinically depressed, probably. And what helped me get to get out of that, actually, was almost attacking this and saying, okay, Let's put the business model, let's start to work this as a business because I know how to be a CEO of a company and I know how to be the CEO of my family and our household. So now all of a sudden overnight, I was the CEO of every single division of a new corporation, which was called Autism. And overnight I had to become, you know, the vice president of, oh my God, market research, huge, of human resources, HR, to be able to hire people. I had to be a therapist overnight, had to understand legal, the rights for my child, and to be able to advocate, inventory control and management, to buy all these kinds of new reinforcers and toys and sensory stuff and going, oh, my God, oh, my God. So my, and then let's add in the two other kids. Don't forget, there's a husband somewhere in there. And at the end of the line is like, me, there's me, you know, my brothers and sisters. I just lost my mom two weeks ago. There's, there's me. And it's like, where even does that fit in? So autism has put every single aspect through the roof in terms of taking away time and finances and energy and resources. It's just, it really is phenomenal. I, 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 there's autistic moms. You know what I'm saying when I say the autistic moms? We are the autistic moms. 
warrior moms, as Jenny McCarthy said. It's, it really is true. I don't know how any of us are doing it, quite frankly. Bob, first of all, my condolences about the loss of your mom. Um, that is something, yeah, that's something else, you know, you've, you've said it, that challenges you as a family caregiver and all the things that follow the death of a loved one. But I, I, I come back to you by just saying that your analogy with business and managing a business means that you really were the, and still are the senior manager of everything that goes on uh, that's related not only to autism, but to the life and lives of your family. That's right, isn't it? I, that's really right. It really is right. <laughs> Amen yeah. to that. Amen to that. <laughs> right. And bow, bow down to it. It's, it's, I mean, dads too, like, you know, siblings too, all of us, everybody plays an important part. But it yeah. really is quite the part to play. So Right. Now, I want to ask you... Uh, what about your experience in getting help for your family caregiving, particularly for a Braden, your child with autism? Your experience getting help. I Bob? think that um, I think that it's been full of you know all kinds of frustration as well as all kinds of miracles. I think that what you know the the message has to be to which is what I did was you know in hopefully tried to use every system out there that was possible, which included any kind of volunteer network. For me, it was, you know, part of it came through religious, um, but I had to go out and seek it out, but it was there. Um, any kind of um, high school students looking for community hours, you know what I mean? We, we tried everywhere to get as men, still always volunteers, 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 family and friends. Um, and friends of kids that do have autism, because we can get together at each other's homes and form play groups and, you know, relax for a bit. There's, there's good and bad about everything. And when you talk to adult autistic kids, how they felt about having autistic friends versus, you know, mainstream friends. But you need to have both, ultimately. Um, I, in terms of financial support, you know, you've got to go after every possible bit of financial support. We were really lucky with our insurance policies that for every kid they pay, you know, a certain amount every single year for a, a PSW, personal support worker, and for psychologist fees and therapist fees. And, you know, and, and we max out every single year whatever we can from that. We, I ask for discounts. I don't care if I'm in the dollar store. If I'm buying 20, I ask for the manager, and maybe she gives it to me for 85 cents instead of a dollar. Like, I will do that. I will ask for all kinds of discounts everywhere. I'm not shy. I'm proud to be this warrior. I have to believe that, you know. And um, all of these things in terms of I've, I've done all of these things to get my family caregiver, caregiving to help for Brayden. Everything is for Brayden. Now, I'm going to ask you what sounds like a difficult question or an aggressive question, but just a very, very brief way. Can you say whether you were like you are now before Braden came into your life? Have you changed as a result of him coming into your life? Well, of course. I mean, I've transformed in so many ways. 
um, you might be able to tell that I consider myself a powerful person. I take action. I I'm, I'm, don't think I'm afraid. I, I, you know, I've always felt I had courage and, and, you know, a lot of amazing character traits. I didn't even know what it meant until now to have to draw on it. That the real courage for me, asking for help is hard. And accepting help is hard, always has been, and it takes courage to be able to ask for help and compassion inside to accept help. And, you know, I've had to learn that. I'm a control freak. Oh, my God. I've had to learn to give up control. It's the, you know, what's the serenity prayer? You know, God grant me serenity, accept the things I cannot change, change the courage to change things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. I mean, yes, there's been massive transformation. I've had to, you know, question uh, what's this all about. And, and, you know, I do believe that, you know, Braden's here. He's got his own path. I, I believe he, he came to me. You know, people say, oh, you know, he came to you for a reason. You know, God gives his strongest soldiers his biggest battles. Well, I've got all this talent and intelligence and stuff, right? So maybe he came to me for his own path, but he came to me because I could help clear that path with him. So there's all kinds of transformation that's gone on. I hope most of it good. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, there was a whole, I think there was a I think the story time where the transformation was depression, and I couldn't even deal. You know, so that happened too. But thank God we got out of that one. Right. I think that's the story of your success, too. Now, we're going to have to take the break, so we'll do this now. Uh, this is Dr. Gordon Asley. My guest is Barbara Libo. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Where can you find wisdom in the little conversations of every moment in a show? One that brings you golden nuggets that you can apply towards your burning desires, life, and success. Tune in to Little Conversations Today with host Dan Deegan. Our program will provide amazing breakthroughs in your life and help bring you closer to your dreams. Set your internal conversation GPS and tune in to Little Conversations Today, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're changing lives through the power of Little Conversations. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Do you feel like sometimes you just don't know where to start with your health and fitness routine? 
Every week, you can hear from people who have been where you feel that you are right now and find out how they move forward and are living their best lives ever. It's called Lifestyle 360, and your host is Nicole Monier. Get inspired to take control of your health and your life. Tune into Lifestyle 360 every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Barbara Lebo. Our topic is... Who cares for children living with autism? Bob, now let's talk about your experience of caring provided from outside of the family. You know, obviously we're talking about caring for children with autism. So first question then is, please tell us about your experience of caring provided by the healthcare, social and educational systems. Bob? Uh my experience of caring, so so for social systems, I think there's maybe, I see it in two aspects. There's social opportunities for kids with autism out there. And, I mean, there's a lot of different autism organizations. And each one of them has local chapters and provincial chapters, some of them national chapters. They've got, you know, family events and discounts and special passes and programs to take advantage of, and it's been amazing. It's been wonderful. Um, there's social media, Yahoo groups for, you know, when I say moms, like families, whatever, um, that's been amazing, where you can put a question out, and within, within moments, you've got, you know, 12 complete, caring, incredible, experienced other family people that are responding to try to help you. Um, the second aspect for social, I think, is like, public awareness and public acceptance. And I think it's increasing. I think it's going to continue. I think it's not bad. I think it's getting way better. It certainly is being forced on us socially, like whether we want it or not. They're just all over. And there's more and more and more so socially people, more and more and more of us are being touched by it. And we know someone who knows someone who has someone with autism. So um, for the healthcare system, I think they still have, you know, a long way to go. It's getting better pretty slowly. Generally speaking, my feeling about doctors and pediatricians and mainstream medicine is they still don't have any knowledge. They're not equipped to take it on. Uh, the naturopathic doctors are, are rising up more. But, you know, um, they, they, we have a long way to go there in our systems. And... The educational system, oh, my God, that's been unfortunately the, you know, I'm not a negative person. I'm really passionate and positive 
and enthusiastic, and I hate sounding like this, but this is a downer, and it's just the way it's been. The, the education system is the hugest disappointment and the hugest challenge, maybe even more so than, than medicine and healthcare. but it's just so lacking in trained, educated, experienced, but I mean, in, in workers, in available staff, in one-to-one, so that these kids can be included and can be integrated. And, you know, it's, in, it's insane. It's insane what's happening to our autistic children in the school system. Right. <coughs> Please tell us about your experience of, of caring provided by healthcare professionals. Now, we've talked about physicians and psychiatrists and the rest, but there are other healthcare professionals involved in caring. Uh, what's been your experience with all of them, all the ones that you've been involved with? Bob? Well, I think that, you know, and again, in my profession, I'm very lucky to be able to touch on, you know, doctors, lawyers, dentists, veterinarians, nurses, hospitals, so every single month I get 40 to 45 different publications. If there's an article on in the veterinarian journal about how, you know, dog therapy helps autism, this comes across my desk. So within other healthcare professions, there is still not enough base core education at the healthcare professionals university, you know, at them graduating. And the biggest thing I believe is we do not see autism as a disease. It's called autism spectrum disorder, ASD. It should be autism spectrum disease, ASD. My 13-year-old son, very recently, in the last four months, has been diagnosed with leukemia. Just like, hi, you know, <laughs> autism is not enough for your family. Have a little leukemia on the side. So we've been going through it. He's doing great. He's doing fantastic, He's in, and it's amazing. And the difference between having autism and having cancer and seeing how the healthcare system has responded, we, we have to talk about this. I think we, maybe we'll have a chance a little later on, but it's just been really, really mind-blowing. So, you know, my experience has been that they just don't know what they're talking about. They don't get it. They don't know we're wasting money on researching genetics when it should be stem cell therapy. I mean, you know, I have a lot of very strong opinions about this. Would you go so far as to say that sometimes you get the impression that the healthcare professionals don't really recognize autism as a disease in any way that they understand disease. Is that right or is that not right? I, I really, I have come to believe that in a nutshell, that could solve a lot of the problems out there. If we viewed this as a disease, then maybe different actions would be taken. And you're right, I don't think they get it. Either people are just kind of hoping it's going to go away and still not really, you know, it's what, 1 in 50, 1 in 80, whatever the numbers are today. It's going to go to 1 in 20 boys in the next five years. It's going to, like, you know, you heard it here first. This is not going away or getting better. These numbers are, 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 are exponentially growing. And the healthcare system, you don't, and, and education, you don't even know what's coming down the pipes. They really don't get it. So they don't see it. 
you know, it's like each one at a time, each one at a time they pass you off and send you somewhere else rather than getting together and saying this is something we are going to need to have a system in place for, to be able to help these kids more earlier. Bob, I want you now to tell us about your experience of caring provided by charities that are involved with autism. You've already said something about that, but I'd like to hear you talk about it in a bit more detail, please. So what do you think about caring provided by charities? Bob? Uh, My experience with the autistic charities, the autism charities, has been fantastic. They're very generous, you know, and they're Again, growing in awareness and doing a wonderful job, like every charity is a wonderful, good charity, they still have to get more editorial press out there. Um, One thing that I think is an interesting concept, I understand it's called directed gifting. So as an example, if you donate to a charity, there is an autistic charity. When you donate to them, it's, you know, send a kid to camp, which would be great, except, you know, your kid has to go to that specific camp. But What about families that need help to send their kid to camp? If we had directed gifting, I could still donate to the charity, but I could direct it so that, you know, that specific kid could go to whatever camp they needed to. Um, We're trying to raise legal funds for our fight in the education system to have therapists allowed in the schools to administer therapy for autistic children. And... You know, we need to raise like $50,000, So I've approached the autistic organization to say, if I can go out and raise the money, we have all these people that are going to donate somewhere to charity. They'll donate to us in the name of Braden Lebo so that it can be directed to pay for our legal bills so that we can go out and advocate. And who knows? But we're trying all of these, you know, we're trying these different avenues. What kind of response do you get when people, you you or others, go out to the general public for donations for charitable work, such as you're talking about? What kind of response do you get? Well, we did one charitable fundraiser in our home. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we took it upon ourselves. It was called, you know, Satin and Stained Glass Sunday. We had a beautiful charity. We raised over $1,000 for a local chapter, for the family programs. It's, it's, you know, because sometimes they'll say, oh, there's free trampoline, and yet it fills up. There's still not enough money and not enough space, even locally, for our own kids to enjoy. And so we raised a lot of money and went out and got prizes from the community. We had 25 amazing gift prizes to raffle off, and everyone was so generous. And it it was, it was just an amazing, wonderful experience. And Again, people, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people out there that we all know, our own doctor, our own dentist, every one of us might have a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, an accountant that works with us in our lives. Those people can have some money, and they're probably going to, you know, they're going to donate somewhere and get a tax receipt. So maybe everyone has their own favorite charities. Maybe you could take a hiatus from your charity one year or take half from what you would normally give your charity one year and give this to autism. So the, the courage is in asking, right? And knowing that it's from your heart and whatever people say is okay. I can't have judgment if they don't or won't, but I can ask and hopefully they're not offended by my asking. And so far in asking, people are like opening their arms and saying, where do I write the check? Tell me how to do it. That's our friend and family base, which is amazing. You know, 
I just want to follow up on this question because I think it's very, very important. You're saying that people are really very sympathetic and understanding about the challenge to family caregivers and to the family members they're caring for that autism represents and therefore they're willing to support the charity. Is that right? Have I got that right? Yes, I think so. And I think that, you know, that attitude publicly is continuing to transform more and more as there's more and more exposure and, you know, media coverage, really, of the issues of autism. And as that continues, you know, I think that you'll see more and more people, you know what I mean? I mean, right now, maybe it's a hot charity, you could call it, I guess. Hopefully right. that won't wane for a while. Right. And I suppose as the public gets more and more informed and more and more sympathetic, then the message may start to get through to people like me, the doctors and the healthcare professionals, who, as we said before, may not be understanding that autism really is a disease and really does need respecting in the way that other diseases are being respected. Now, on that Absol- point... Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, do you want to expand on that one little point just for a moment? No, because, no I'm, I'm not being rude. It's because we do have to take the break now. But okay. I'm going to come back and you'll we get a chance to do to that. I promise. Okay. <laughs> so let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Hathaway. My guest is Barbara Lebo. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channel and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core making us confused and disoriented not knowing which way is up on the mother rising host margaret jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens you will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom discover your worth and what you are capable of Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanti can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Barbara Lebeau. Our topic is, who cares for children living with autism? Bob, now let's talk about the suggestions that in light of your own experience, you'd like to make for enhancing caring or care for children with autism. So, Bob, first of all, first question, tell us about your suggestions for enhancing family caregiving for children with autism. Bob? Well, I've often said, and that's funny because I said this before my other son was diagnosed with cancer, that we need a central system. And having experienced it within 48 hours of getting the diagnosis of cancer, there's an organization, I'm pretty sure it's called Cancer Care Ontario, that descended upon us. And we had help with this division that did all the forms and applications and submitted for funding and financial support. Here was family matching, which matched us up with another family that had a similar child in age and and also matched us at my request, which should happen with the child ahead of us. Six months, a year, two years, someone that's just a little bit ahead of where we are right now attached us to volunteer and support groups. All of this happened immediately. And with autism, this really still does not exist. They're working on it. They're trying. I think it will eventually. But to have one central place where here is all your information disseminated, here's all these different sections that have to happen because every single family goes through every single floundering time and has to do all of the research and find out everything over and over and over again on an individual basis. And it's a waste of our resources when you're out there dealing with professionals and the different organizations. And, you know, when you think about people that have to take time off work, I mean, as a society, it drains us of our resources not having this. So I think it's crucial. My other suggestions for enhancing family caregiving would be to learn that you have to give up control and how and when to delegate stuff. And to be able to ask for help and know where to get help and be creative and accept it. You know, it's interesting because an organization can say, we'd love to drop off dinner for you. But who would, who would think? You know, I never thought to accept food. I'm not destitute. It's not like I need food stamps. I feel guilty that, you know, I'm not poor. But yet, you know what? Oh, my goodness. Having them drop off ready-made dinner, I accepted it. They had to convince me. And I accepted their help. And every now and then, they come by and just deliver dinner. And how wonderful is that? Yeah. So, you know, that, that's for family caregiving, I think, for families. Right. Now, please tell us about your suggestion 
suggestions for enhancing caring by healthcare, social and educational systems. What are your suggestions for them? Bob? Well, for the social system, again, the two parts, social awareness, more and more media coverage, it is happening, uh, more and more editorial coverage across the board, radio programs, television, magazines, the different trade publications in the different professions. That's where I think the biggest growth could be for, uh, as a way to educate the social, you know, acceptance aspect. And for social opportunities, you know, it's just funding. And the autistic organization shouldn't have to rely solely 100% on volunteers and, and, you know, and raising their own funds. There, there should be other funds available and doled out for specific programs. I mean, there are for special needs, but there's got to be more because there's more and more autistic kids. So we're going to yeah. have to be doing that. Movie theaters are going to have to plan Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. is their autism time. And that, you know, the lights are on and the volume is down and they're serving gluten-free stuff and the prices are low and the kids are allowed to scream and run around. And it, things like that, I think, will become more normal for us. For the healthcare system... These doctors, I mean, everybody needs more education. It has to be put into their, you know, graduating. It has to be a required course, you know. They have to have autism as a required course in order to graduate. They have to be learning way more about it, be given way more information. And, again, we need a central system. I mean, I go back to the medical system. If you went in with any kind of a disease for your child, God forbid, Every single pediatrician and responsible physician out there would immediately do what we would call a workup. Blood, urine, stool, you know, and it'd be free in most of our provinces in Canada, would it not? But not with autism. They don't know to do the test. They don't advise them. We're spending money, thousands of dollars, sending our kids, you know, stool samples to the labs in the States, and we should be doing them here. So there's not even enough time to be able to educate, you know, to, to talk about all of that. But, uh, you know, all, all that is, is for the healthcare and for the educational system. Gosh, again, there's not enough time to address it. It's all about money. They need more funding. They need more um, educational assistants that have to be trained in autism. They need more staff. They need more one-to-one support. For these kids that don't have to be in secluded community classes, they should be in mainstream with support. They will benefit from inclusion. They will benefit from modeling. You know, all the research, there's tons of research that shows that schools should allow therapists in the schools to administer therapy. If my kid was in a wheelchair, God forbid, this occupational therapist would be allowed in the school. The school would have a third-party agreement to allow the therapist in to administer therapy. And we're lucky. Our government pays for what's called IBI therapy. They've already recognized our kids have to have this therapy in order to learn. Well, in order to access education, which is their right, they have to learn. So they wait four years for funding. We get funding. And then the schools won't let the therapist come into the school to administer the, the, the therapy. So my kid is home every single morning missing the national anthem, missing morning recess, missing gym, missing all those opportunities to socialize and generalize his skills. Ah, 
it really, really bothers me. So we have a program that's called Beyond Braden. It's not just about Braden. It's for all these kids. We are shuttling our kids back and forth, paying for private taxis. And the schools are saying, sorry, no, every region, every region in Ontario, for sure York region. So we've retained a lawyer to fight this. You know, it's like a, it's in breach of the international rights of the child, of the AIP guidelines, which is set out by the ministry that determines the funding. It's in breach of all the inclusion statements and the propaganda, which is what it becomes if they don't stick by it, that the educational boards put out about, you know. So, I mean, it's a, it's a real battle. It's a real battle. So that's where we're at with that. Next question. <laughs> don't, get right. me start, don't get me started. Can you feel my passion? Anybody out there, whoever can help, whoever knows anyone who knows anyone, I want this to be called Braden's Bill eventually. So it's the law, you know, and the Education Act, and the individual schools don't have the power to determine right. it, right? So We're anyone come who back can to help it. me, contact me. Right. We're <laughs> going to come back to that. I promise right. you. Now, I want you to tell us about your suggestions for enhancing caring by communities, parents, groups, and organizations providing spiritual support. What are your suggestions there? Well, I mean, when you say spiritual support, I kind of interpret it as religious, maybe. Yes, yes. So, oh, yes. you know, I think it's a huge area. Like, I don't care what religion you are. If you're Greek Orthodox, go to your Greek whatever Methodist Orthodox church and ask them what, you, what they can do for you. So I definitely, you know, go, like I said, the courage is being able to ask. So to go out and look for support in the communities, it was amazing when I went out to all of our favorite restaurants that we've ever gone to, all of the clothing shops I've ever shopped in, the Shoppers Drug Mart, you know, and said, pizza, the local pizza pizza, what can you give me? I'm raising money. I want a prize so I can sell raffle tickets. And all of them gave us stuff. All of them did it. And we raised money. So parent groups, for me, they were vital and crucial. Again, two different types. One of people that are right where you are. If you've just got your diagnosis, it's good to be with other people, but you need to have a source of support of your kind of situation, an Asperger's kid with a, someone who's a little ahead of you, six months maybe, a year ahead of you, so that they can tell you what comes next, what to do next. Um, so, and, and yeah, go after every autism organization you can think of. What do they have? They got, yeah, go join all the Yahoo parent groups. Do all of that stuff. That is much, and if they're charging money for a workshop and you can't afford it, talk to the organizer and say, I can't afford it. I need to do it. What can I do? Let me volunteer. It's amazing. If you offer to volunteer, you get to go to the workshop for free. Get creative. Think of it like a business. Let me give you another model to think about just to give me a quick answer. It's also a matter of getting organized in the way that a labor union might get organized, in the way that a social group might get organized, and in the way that people with a political uh, idea or even a political grievance might get themselves organized. Is getting organized something that falls within your ideas about what needs to be done, Bob? Well, yes. I mean, as an example, this Yahoo group, the Autism Ontario Yahoo group, and there's an Ottawa chapter. I mean, these are powerful people that are politically involved. 
they're sending out links and saying, write to the ombudsman and, you know, and, and do this and look at this, what's going on, and asking questions and stuff. So, you know, again, I think there's definitely, there's been class action lawsuits. It's, it's a powerful thing. Of course, power is in numbers. And at the same time, it's really hard. You know, you're asking, you're asking a person who's, like, drowning to go ahead and swim all there and back, won't you? You know? It's very, yes. very difficult. Yes. Yeah. I want it done. I want someone else to do it. I'll do my part, but I can't. And, I, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to get my kid toilet trained, you know, at yeah. eight. No, what I'm just right? going, we, we're going to um, go into the break any minute now. So I'm just going to say something to you. What, what you're telling us is that this is a tough struggle. What you're telling us that some things that you've experienced are really not fair. They're unjust. They treat one kind of illness, and I don't just mean medical treatment, I mean social treatment and everything else, in one way, and they treat, uh, in that sense, of deal with, respond to um, children and families affected by autism in a totally different way. And I'm perhaps being political to you now when I say this, but it seems to me that that's all very unfair. Now, we're going to take the break, and then I'm going to give you a chance to come back and talk more about what you think needs to be done. So let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Asley, and my guest is Barbara Lebo. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in to the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, 
please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Barbara Lebo. Our topic is, Who Cares for Children Living with Autism? Bob, let's talk about more things that you would like to do, you personally, and you would like to see done to help family caregivers caring for children living with autism. Bob, what more would you like to do to help family caregivers, people like you, caring for children with autism? Bob? Well, the main thing I've done in my professional life, I give workshops. Um, And I've developed this workshop, you know, called I'm Ready to Be Happier Now, One Mom's Journey with Autism. And I wish something like this had existed when I started out, for sure. Um, so that's what I've done. I've made it available. I'm trying to, you know, put it out there for as many organizations to let everyone know about it. Um, you know, there's like at least 12 complete huge categories that um, you got to take a look at and be able to educate yourself about. I still would love to see some sort of a central system set up. I think that that's going to be one of the most important things for, you know, family caregivers. Um, but other than taking my workshop, <laughs> you know, I think that we have to really, to sum it up, we have to be able to take care of ourselves. You know, you got to be able to, with all the, the miserable part of stuff, you still have to be able to see, as my, as my daughter said when she was very little, you have to see the glass half full of lemonade, you know? It's uh-huh. like yeah. perfect. And you really do have to look for the miracles. Um, you have to look for the lessons. You know, for me, giving up control has been a blessing in disguise versus taking control for some people, learning how to take control and being able to advocate in the medical system or the education system. That will be your gift, you know. Um, and again, to, you know, change the interpretation of the meaning in your mind. If something is blocking you, for me, it was asking for help or asking for discounts. I changed the association to be one of courage. And one of passion to be able to do that. And it's a true talent. And I'm proud of it now. Um, you know, so. Yep, good. Now, what more would you want to see done by the healthcare professions to help family caregivers caring for kids with autism? What more do you want to see them do? Bob? Well, you know, I, I mean, at the risk of repeating myself, you know, they have to see this as a disease. I think that'll change everything. There has to be a centralized system put in just like there is for cancer. Um, they need way more education at the very basic, you know, level, right at university level. Um, they need way more knowledge for people already out there through continuing medical education courses and, again, media coverage and, and professional editorial within the professions. I think that long-term medical, I think they really have to, for in terms of cure, they've got to stop looking at this as genetic. It's not not in the terms of hereditary genetics we think about. Um, genes may be involved, but it's not a hereditary genetic disease. Um, you, can be predispos- pre- you can be genetically predisposed 
But, you know, the, I do believe that the cure long-term is going to be in stem cell research. I think there's all kinds of medical testing so easy that we can do for our kids, especially if you are in a high-risk category, testing our kids at six months old, all the boys, before they even start food. I mean, there's, there's so many things that we can be doing for the healthcare profession. So, again, you got another three hours? <laughs> right. Now, I want to ask you what your message is for family caregivers, people like you, moms and pops who are caring for children living with autism. What's your message for them? Bob? Well, I mean, to sum it all up, you know, someone gave me a wonderful saying, which is, it is what it is. You know, there's no point in comparing there's no point in wondering about that other road less traveled because it doesn't exist. You've got to be able to look forward. You really have to be able to give yourself a break as a mom. I, I, I have to, I've got two other kids. I mean, you know, all these things going on, and I still have to be able to take care of myself. I have to be able to, you know, for those of us still in some sort of a relationship, you know, make time for each other and things like that. Um, and again, just to just to, to call on people for help. One, one final little story just to share with you that was so beautiful for us as a family, taking vacations. I mean, how can we? You know, it's, it's very limited how you can travel and what Braden can experience and how we do things and so many challenges, and it felt like our family was ripped apart and torn apart. And a friend of ours, a wonderful dear friend of ours, we didn't even know he was doing this. He spoke to somebody who knew someone who knew someone at Walt Disney World. And it started, I think, with his own personal family lawyer just saying, hey, here's this family. What can we do to help them? And it went from one guy to another guy who knew the lawyer at Walt Disney World. I don't know how, but they ended up, we were going to Florida. They ended up giving us like eight full, complete VIP passes, all for free. Braden got to meet Barney. <laughs> he got to go in the theater and have a personal private showing and got to go backstage. So many things that were handed to us. We got to meet all. It was just so amazing and generous. And, and you know, we love Walt Disney Orlando. And, I mean, it was just incredible. And so now I know when I'm going to travel, huh, I'm going to call them and ask for this. I'll, if, if my friend won't do it, I could try to do it myself and tell them our story and promise them that I'll tell everybody. And I can call the newspapers myself and give them this wonderful story so that whoever, if it's Great Wolf Lodge, you know, at Water Park, let them get all the press and of doing this wonderful, generous thing. You never know. You never know. There's miracles out there. That's a very nice message. Now, I've got something to ask you um, about your workshop. Um, it's a loaded question, and it's this. Would your workshop um, work on radio, such as we're doing now? Would it be possible to do it on radio, and would it still be useful to people if we did? But a hundred million percent. What a concept. Wow. Yes. Yes, and we could do it like, you know, once a week for ten weeks. We can do it like a full-day seminar session. We can you know, do a two-hour thing, like whatever, but yeah, I think so. And would you be a, able to persuade moms or pops who are family caregivers to have a discussion with you, you know, as though it were a real workshop that you had an audience 
and you'd say something and somebody would say, please explain to me that in more detail. You know, you know how it goes. Would you see that happening in a, a recorded workshop? such as we're thinking um, about? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I can call on some people. You can call on people. We can put it out there. I don't know how you might do that to get people to try to get in on it. I know that, you know, when I did the workshop, there's different parts that can be interactive, question and answer, and there's other parts that are straight, like there's so much information. You hear me talking. It's like I can talk, you know, and, they, <laughs> and it's like save your questions to the end. It'll probably be answered anyway. You know, I've only got an hour here. I just yeah. did a presentation for over 150 uh, professionals, yeah. you know, and, uh, and again, we, we didn't have time for questions at the end, really, so they did come up at, and ask, but, you know, that bothered me that we ran out of time. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a different kind of, that's a whole different thing. We could do it. It's yeah. just different. Okay. Right? Now, I'm just getting the signal that our time is up. So, first off, I want to say to you, Bob, thank you. Bob, keep up yourself, your strength, your health, and take care of yourself. Because as the manager, the overall manager of all the things that you've been talking about, and now with your son with leukemia um, as the additional challenge for you, you need to be strong. And to be strong, you have to care for yourself. Now, that's me talking to you personally about you. Maybe I shouldn't do it, but that's what something I want to emphasize. Well, you know what? Listen, last May, I did a full hip replacement on the right side, and June 10th, I'm scheduled for the left. So let's go, boys. Bring it on is what I have to say now. And you know what? I'm not sure how people could reach me if they wanted to. Can I assume they can call you and you can give yes. contact info? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Now right. we're running out of running out of time, so we're going to close, but we'll be back in touch. Now, thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode, and from our listeners, I'd like to hear ideas for topics, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be boomerpreneuring for family caregivers. Please join us same time, same spot on the internet. Talk with you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. 